Welcome to weekly messages from the pulpit of Graceway Baptist Church on Capitol Hill. Find out more at gracewaydc.com. This week at Graceway, we commemorate the events of September 11th, 2001, with a message from General John Tykert. Brother Tykert speaks on the heroes whose service causes them to run into danger, including heroes from that day, heroes of the faith, and the hero of humanity, Jesus Christ. We'll get back to our Joseph series soon, but first, here's guest speaker General John Tykert. Sunday morning in September of 2016, I woke up and climbed in a car with Chief Master Sergeant Nate Perry to make the fairly short 90-minute drive from Joint Base Andrews down to Richmond, Virginia. We got to our designated parking spot on that day and unloaded two very heavy bags filled with equipment and walked into the SunTrust Center there to meet our team. And our team on that day was a group of first responders who served there at Joint Base Andrews, firefighters and law enforcement and paramedics and EMTs. And we were there to climb 110 stories in honor of those first responders who perished on September 11th, 2001. And so we met that group there. And before we started that long and arduous hike, we put on about 70 pounds of firefighter gear. The boots and the heavily insulated suit and the helmet and the oxygen tank. And then we started that very long hike. The SunTrust Center isn't 110 stories tall, the height of the World Trade Centers before they were destroyed on September 11th, 2001. And so we hiked up 30 stories and took the elevator down and then hiked up 30 stories and took the elevator down, and hiked up 30 stories and took the elevator down, and hiked up 20 more stories to the finish line to complete that memorial for those who had perished on that day. And I have never been more tired, more exhausted, more dehydrated, more fatigued in my entire life. But throughout that hike, Things filled my mind about the difference between my day and that day. Because as we hiked up those 110 stories, the air conditioner in that building in Richmond, Virginia was working just fine. And the lights illuminated our path. And on our day, the debris was not falling from the ceilings. And on our day, there were not people screaming, running down the stairs as we were running up. And most importantly, we were running up to a finish line, not into danger. Our first responders, those on that day and those that answer every call every day, to some extent, are not just running to a finish line. They are running on our behalf into danger. John chapter 15, starting in verse 11. Jesus speaking, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Praise God that our Lord and Savior wrote these words 
And praise God that we have servants in our community that love us and that recognize the duty that they hold so sacred. And instead of running away from danger, they run toward danger. And if we're gonna carry on that type of legacy as Americans, as citizens, as human beings today, then we need to rightly honor them and recognize that amazing type of sacrifice that our Lord and Savior described so powerfully in John chapter 15. Let's pray. Lord God, I do thank you so much for those who are among us who serve so faithfully and who serve by running into danger. We thank you for those hundreds that perished on that day who were first responders, firefighters, law enforcement, EMTs, and paramedics. And I ask and pray that as we read through these verses today, as we understand your word and their sacrifice, that it would motivate us in our duty, in our faith, in our love for others. It's in Jesus' name that I pray, amen. Point number one, the heroes among us whose service causes them to run towards danger. On that day, September 11th, 2001, nearly 3,000 human beings perished in the various sites around our country. Of those, 415 were first responders, firefighters, law enforcement, EMTs, and paramedics. And it is estimated that their heroism on that day allowed 30,000 others to survive those strikes. That is absolutely incredible. And I wanna share three names with you who typified the type of heroism that they demonstrated that ran towards danger on behalf of you and me and their communities. And the first is named police officer John Perry. John Perry on September 11, 2001 was off duty. In fact, not only was he off duty, but he was retiring on that day. And when those planes struck, he was there at his headquarters handing in his badge and his gun and signing the papers. John was a very accomplished gentleman. He had a law degree from New York University. He spoke multiple languages and his intent was to open up on the next day a law office to help serve some of the most vulnerable among us, immigrants, in their very substantial legal challenges. But instead of signing those papers, once those planes struck, he grabbed his badge and he ran towards lower Manhattan to serve. And in doing so, he helped multiple people get out of the South Tower. And the last time John Perry was ever seen, he was helping carry a lady out of the South Tower and then it collapsed and it fell. First Peter 4.10 as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. John Perry had amazing gifts. He had talents, he had skills, he had dedication, he had education, he had all of that. But he used those gifts on September 11th, 2001 to minister the same one to another, and to do his duty in running toward danger. Firefighter Chief Oreo Palmer 
was one of 23 firefighter chiefs who died in service to their community and their country on September 11th, 2001. He was a very talented athletic man. He was the community's expert on communication during high-rise fires. And during that day, he eventually made his way to serve leading the command post once the North Tower was struck, the first tower that faced the wrath of those terrorists on that day. And then when the second plane struck the South Tower, he grabbed his team and they rushed up the stairs. And he made it to the 78th floor, the lowest point of impact for the plane in the South Tower. And the last of communication, the last call he made was that he and his team, like firefighters do, were knocking down fires on the 78th floor. And then the South Tower collapsed and he left behind his wife and his three children. And in Matthew chapter 20, verse 25, the Bible says this, but Jesus called unto him and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them and that they that are great exercise authority upon them. But Jesus speaking, but it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Chief Palmer on that day was a chief among us. And in his service in rushing toward danger, he gave his life ministering to his community in a powerful way. He rushed through a sense of duty toward danger. EMT Yamel Marino was a young lady, only 24 years old, an EMT there in lower Manhattan. She was kind. She was a team player. She was decorated in 1999. She had won the Metro Cares EMT of the Year for the city of New York. And on September 11th, 2001, she and her partner jumped in their ambulance when they heard of those strikes and they rushed down to the edge of Manhattan. And her partner stayed with the ambulance to triage those that Yamel pushed her way. And Yamel ran into the South Tower to guide those that were coming down the stairs that needed medical attention to exactly where they needed to go. And as she was doing so, the South Tower collapsed and she left behind her eight-year-old son, Kevin, as a single mom. And her heroism on that day and her impact by running into danger was so great that she was recognized in 2001 as the EMT of the year for the state of New York. Matthew 22, verse 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, Jesus, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love thy Lord, thy God, with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 
Yamel on that day recognized the need to rush into danger. And in doing so, she demonstrated through duty a love of her neighbor and powerfully reminded us of our responsibility to love those who are our neighbors, those who are around us. And in all three of these cases, Perry and Palmer and Marino, they rushed into danger and they did so primarily out of a sense of duty that I believe is perfectly typified in Galatians 6, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Those three, by serving us and rushing into danger, bore our burdens and in doing so in so many ways through their heroism and sense of duty, fulfilled the law of Christ. Point number one, those heroes among us whose service ran them into danger. Point number two, heroes of the faith whose service ran into danger. There are countless stories within God's word where our predecessors, those believers before us, served out of a sense of duty and love, but primarily through faith by rushing into danger to do what was right. And I'm only gonna share three names with you, Paul and Peter and David, but there are so many others in God's word that typified service that runs into danger for doing what is right for their community and for their Lord and for their savior. Paul, first of all, if you could turn to Acts chapter 14, and then following that, we'll turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 19. And there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul, drew him out of the city, supposing he had been dead. Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up and came into the city. And the next day he departed with Barnabas to Derbe. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and to Iconium and Antioch, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in their faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. Let me just summarize what happened there. Paul, against the wishes of the authority, continued preaching the gospel of Christ. And then they captured him and they stoned him and they drug him out of the city and they left him for dead. Miraculously, he recovered. And the first thing that he did was to enter back into that city, the city of Lystra. He didn't linger there, but he went on elsewhere to preach the gospel. But don't worry, in service through faith to our Lord, he circled back to Lystra. He came back into the place where they stoned him and drug him out to the desert and left him for dead. And in doing so, he ran into danger. Second Corinthians 11, verse 24. Of the Jews, this is Paul speaking, five times received I 40 stripes, saved one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered a shipwreck, a night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeyings often in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. 
and weariness and painfulness and watchings often and hunger and thirst and fastings often and cold and nakedness beside those things that are without that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches who is weak and I am not weak, who is offended and I burn not. If I must need glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. Paul ran towards danger in all of these myriad of ways in order to serve the churches, in order to serve his Lord and his savior, in order to honor through his faith what the Lord had called him to do. Turn to Acts chapter four, if you would, moving on to Peter, starting in verse 18 of Acts chapter four. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But when Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Peter and John and others were threatened. Don't do that again. Stop the preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then moving on to Acts chapter five, verse 27. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. So they've been threatened now after being captured and brought before the authorities at least twice and moving on to verse 40. And to him, they agreed. And when they had called the apostles, Peter and others and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Threatened and released, threatened and released, threatened and beaten and released. And they ran into danger again and again and again out of faith in service to others, in service to their community and in service ultimately to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Turn back, if you would, to 1 Samuel, speaking here of David. 1 Samuel, verse 17, starting in verse three. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits in a span, almost eight feet. And he had an helmet of brass upon his head and he was armed with a coat of mail and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of brass. And he had greaves of brass upon his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. And the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron and one bearing a shield went before him. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel and said unto them, why are you come out to set your battle in array? Am not I a Philistine and ye servants to Saul? Choose you a man of you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall you be our servants and serve us. 
And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and sore or greatly afraid. All of Israel, including the King Saul, saw this intimidating eight foot figure with his array of armor that may have weighed hundreds of pounds. And they were not brave, but dismayed and greatly afraid. But then over into verse 23, and David comes onto the scene. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion of, Philist- of the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man fled from him and were sore afraid. Here's David seeing his countrymen, including his king, running away from danger like most of society typically does. But then he engages in verse 32. And David said to Saul, the king, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. David volunteering to run towards danger. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth and he a man of war from his youth. The king says, there is no way that you can face successfully this danger. And then David says, starting in verse 43, and the account is vivid. And the Philistine said unto David, am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. And I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistine this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and all this assembly shall know that the Lord saved not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And David goes on after serving by rushing toward danger, succeeding through the Lord's help and through his faith to defeat the one that everyone else was running away from. That is the power of those that successfully, bravely, whether through duty like those first responders or through faith, like these heroes of the faith, ultimately rush towards danger on behalf of us and behalf of their cause. Hebrews chapter 11, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And as you look through what is known as the hall of fame of faith, Hebrews 11, you see all of these heroes of the faith that served by running towards danger, not away from danger. And the Bible makes very clear the source of their strength. In their case, not duty, but in their case, it was faith that guided them to rush into service on behalf of their cause. By faith, Abel, by faith, Enoch, by faith, Noah, by faith, Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Joshua and Israel and Rahab and others. 
It was not through their own strength, but because they were buoyed by faith, they ran into danger in service to their society and in service to their cause. Point number three, the hero of humanity whose service caused him to run towards danger. The hero of our humanity, the hero of humanity, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who knew before he even came to this earth what he was going to face as he rushed towards danger on behalf of you and behalf of me. 700 years before he set foot on this earth, Isaiah said this about him, starting in Isaiah 53, verse five. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus Christ knew that by coming to this earth, by the nature of his mere presence, he was running towards danger in service to us. And he knew that he would be wounded and he knew that he would be bruised and chastised and beaten and ultimately would carry the sins of the entirety of this world. But yet he came and we pick up his story on the way to Jerusalem in Luke chapter 13. Because as he was headed to Jerusalem, those around him made very clear that he was running towards danger by setting foot in that imperial city. That just by the nature of walking through those gates, he was running towards danger. In fact, there in Luke 13, starting in verse 22, the Bible says, and he, Jesus, went through the cities and villages, teachings, and journeying towards Jerusalem. Verse 31, the same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying unto him, get thee out and depart hence for Herod will kill thee. He's on his way to Jerusalem. And even the Pharisees, sometimes his enemies, let him know that you are running Jesus in service to others towards danger. But fortunately, Jesus was undeterred. Luke 18, starting in verse 31. Then he, Jesus, took unto him the 12 and said unto them, this is on the verge of entering Jerusalem. Behold, we go up to Jerusalem and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the son of man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated and spitted upon. And they shall scourge him and put him to death and the third day he shall rise again. Jesus knew that by walking through those gates that he would be sacrificed on our behalf, but yet he still went. And he endured those few days, some of them glorious in the beginning and the tide quickly turned. And then on the eve of his death and the moments before his capture in Luke 22, he had a chance not to continue forward in service to us, but instead of leaving, he continued his quick march towards danger, starting in verse 39. And he came out and went as he was wont to the Mount of Olives with his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, pray that we enter not into temptation. 
And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him and being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Jesus, the moments before his capture and a day or so before his sacrifice on our behalf had one last chance to run away from danger. And he knew what was gonna befall him in these next 24 hours, including most painful of all, that he was going to carry the sins of the world upon his back as he hung there on the cross as a sacrifice for all of humanity. He knew the torture. He knew the anguish. He knew the separation from his father, but yet he acknowledged thy will be done. And he continued his very steady march into danger and was captured and was beaten and was scourged and died on our behalf on that cross, taking on his back all of our sins. All because the hero of humanity ran toward danger. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And then Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. He was here among us and he recognized who we were and what we needed. And through all of it, ultimately through his love, he marched towards danger so that in verse 16, we can learn that we can come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find help, sorry, grace to help in time of need. And that if we acknowledge and accept this sacrifice on our behalf, then we know that his sacrifice and his sprint towards danger ultimately takes away those sins that we could never bear on our own. And we do so Romans 10 verse nine and verse 13 tells us by this, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if we recognize from John three sixteen that he didn't do all of this just out of duty or out of faith, but he did it out of love. And he gives us, he offers us, if we are willing to accept it, the perfect gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Which takes us back to John 15, where we started. Verse 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Those first responders did so on 9-11. First responders every day when they respond to calls on our behalf are rushing towards danger, out of duty. And those heroes of the faith ran towards danger on our behalf, Paul and Peter and David and others out of faith. 
but Jesus does so for us out of love. No matter who you are, no matter what you have done, the creator died not even just for his friends, but for all of creation, including those that hung him there on that cross and all of those that even today may claim, may claim to hate him. He did so out of love by demonstrating a level of service that rushes towards danger on our behalf. On that stair climb back in September of 2017, it was a rightful way to honor those 415 or so first responders who perished on that day. And for the most part, there on that day at the SunTrust Center in Richmond, it was mostly heroes honoring heroes. First responders who knew what it was like to run into danger, honoring their comrades who did so, so powerfully out of duty on that day. But we, on that day, weren't running into danger. We were running to the finish line, very tired, very exhausted, rightfully honoring those who sacrificed on that day. But they, on that day, September 11th, 2001, and those first responders that we honor today serve us by running into danger, out of duty. They are heroes among us. The heroes of the faith, they also ran into danger. And our Lord and our Savior ran into danger on behalf of each and every one of us here today. Everybody that's online, everybody that you see in the streets as you file out of the Hill Center, Jesus Christ ran into danger for you and for me and for them. And today for those first responders that are here and those online, we're not honoring you with a stair climb, though that is right to do. We're not honoring you even just as our traditional guests of honor. We're not just honoring you with a meal to follow the service or the gifts that we have for you, but we are honoring you with a life and eternity changing truth about those like you, heroes of the faith, and one who is unlike anybody who in service to all of us ran toward danger. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you so much for the amazing nature of those among us, those heroes who run towards danger in service to us in our community. We thank you, Lord, so much for those members of the faith, those believers that have gone on before us who demonstrate to us and challenge and convict us what it is like to serve in a way that runs towards danger. But most importantly, Lord, we thank you so much that as our creator, that you are also our savior and that we needed saving because of our sins, but you came to save us the creator saving his creation, loving his friends and those that would call them his enemies. And we thank you, Lord, for this challenging example of first responders and heroes of the faith and the hero of humanity who serve by running towards danger. May we honor them. May we recognize them. May we be challenged by them and in thinking of the hero of humanity, Jesus Christ, if we haven't done so already, may we accept that gift of love. And if we have accepted that gift, 
May we be challenged today to live up to the sacrifice for us that brought him sprinting towards danger. We love you, Lord, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you were helped by that message from General Teichert. Reach out to us anytime at gracewaydc.com or visit us in person, Sundays at 11, Thursdays at 7. Until next time, this has been Graceway Baptist Church on Capitol Hill, helping you make a difference. Thank you.